0: If you know your sins are washed away in the blood of the Lamb, would you just give Him praise this morning? Hallelujah! 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 How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. I want you, if you will, just remain standing another moment or two. Turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 11. The book of Mark, chapter 11, is where we're going to go this morning. It is Palm Sunday, and this morning, I want to look at... The story, this is recorded in all four of the Gospels. You know, not, not everything is recorded in all four Gospels, but this is recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But this morning, I want us to go to the book of John, chapter 11, and I'll refer to some others as well along the way, but we're going to begin in the book of Mark, chapter 11. Reading from the NIV this morning. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're doing this, tell him the Lord needs it and will send it back here Shortly, You know, I'm going to pause right there. I heard someone say a, a teacher had told them, they were listening to a teacher and said that Jesus stole the donkey. And, and I will say in the other three Gospels it doesn't do this, but I think maybe the other three Gospel writers kind of knew it, but Mark was just like maybe everybody needs to be reminded Jesus didn't steal the donkey. Jesus, everything, the first of all, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to the Lord anyway. But even with that, here we find in the, in the gospel of Mark that here they say the Lord needs it and he's going to send it back shortly. How many know that Jesus is not a thief? Somebody say amen. Amen. Now verse 4. They went and found a colt outside on the street tied at the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to do, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of the triumphant entry. Father, we thank you praise you so much for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it will not return void, but it will accomplish everything that it's been set forth to do. But Lord, I need your anointing. I need your help and strength. And so I pray for your anointing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is so absolutely necessary to do what you've called me to do. And I pray for every heart, mind, and spirit listening right now that you do a great and mighty work. And we just thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name and every Everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated here today. As we know, we are celebrating today Palm Sunday one week before the resurrection of Jesus. In the next seven days, there are about to be a lot of things in the story of our Lord. He's coming in in triumphant manner in the way of a king. Being celebrated, being loved. We know within a week's time, he's going to be arrested, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be crucified, and then he is going to be resurrected one week from this day. Isn't it amazing how much can happen in seven days? I'm just going to have to give up this morning. Y'all ain't responding this morning. How many of you, your amens broke? Somebody say amen. There we go. I said it's amazing how much can happen in seven days, both good and bad. In the matter of seven days, it went from good to really bad To really good. It went from celebration to execution to resurrection. I just need to remind somebody this morning that God can turn things around very, very quickly. Just as quick as they can go bad, God can turn them around. For their good. So, as we look at this story, I want to bring y'all just a few important truths that not only were present in this day in which it happened, but I believe it points still toward us today in 2021. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this that the way must be prepared for Jesus. You see, this was and is done by. His disciples. You know, you've heard me, and I believe I've mentioned even in the last several, several weeks about John the Baptist. He was prophetically uh, sent. He was prophesied about. And then he came and he prepared the way for Jesus Christ to come. And here we find that there was a way prepared. There was a way prepared by the disciples, as I mentioned how he sent them ahead and said, Go and untie the colt. Tell them that the Lord has got need of this colt. And then, as they took the colt, then they took their, they went, there was a preparation ahead of time. Coats were laid down, palm branches were laid down. This was done and is done by his disciples today. I need you to know that he is coming and he is coming back. Quickly, I believe just as much as he came the first time, Jesus Christ is coming back the second time as well. And we have a responsibility as God's people. We have a responsibility just as John the Baptist did, just as Jesus' disciples did, and prepare the way of the Lord. It is up to us to tell a world that is skeptical, a world that is full of hate, a world that is falling apart, prepare. Prepare the way of the Lord to repent for Jesus Christ is coming. There is a king that is coming there is a king that is on the way he there is no warning that he'll come he'll come in a moment in a twinkling of an eye there's not going to be a five minute introduction there's not going to be a 30 minute warning it is he's going to come and he's going to come quickly so it is up to us to proclaim that the king is coming again somebody say amen And the next time he comes, he's not coming back meek and lowly. The first time he came, we find that there was celebration and there was fanfare. And there was this this preparation and pointing toward his kingship. But yet, it was not quite as kingly as we might think. Because he came representatively lowly, riding meekly on a donkey. He came in a, in, a, in a way that was not quite as grandeur as we might think. But the next time that Jesus comes, how many of you know he's not coming on a donkey? He's not coming on a borrowed coat. The Bible says that he's coming in the clouds of glory. He's going to come on a white horse. He's not coming meek. He's not coming lowly. He's not coming the next time the first time he came and he came humble. He came as a servant. He came to serve and to be crucified and to die. But the next time he comes, he's coming as king. He's coming as conqueror. He's coming to rule. He's coming to reign. He's coming to execute vengeance upon his enemies. We must prepare the way for Jesus Christ is coming back again. The way must be prepared for Jesus. Secondly, the way is a costly way. We find here in this story, we find that as they begin to come into town, we find there that in verse 7, when they brought the colt to Jesus, they put their cloaks over it, and they sat on it. Well, you know, that's not, that's not too bad. How many of you ride horses or have ever rode horses or anything? You know, if you're going to ride a horse or a donkey or something like that, I mean, it's not not the cleanest thing. It's an animal. It's going to smell like an animal. But, you know, if I was to take this coat and put it over a donkey and let somebody sit on it, it's not that big. But then, then we find not only did they do that, but then in verse 8, many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches that they had cut in the field. Now, it's one thing to take my coat and to put it on the back of a donkey or a horse for somebody to sit. It's another to put it on the ground for the donkey itself to walk on. I'm not trying to be gross. You know what horses and donkeys do. Y'all know. I mean, they don't know. you don't know which step it's going to be. They don't give you a warning that they're going for a restroom break. They just go. So we find in this, as they were casting their garments on the way in which he was traveling, we must remember now the difference in material possessions even from then to now. It would be, I wouldn't really want to do this then now, but even then think about this. Many of them, their cloaks, their garments, most of us today, we could go to our closets and we could find a whole bunch of different clothes you know, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't. There's nobody in here that that I've seen over the last few Sundays that we've been here that's worn the same thing. We've all got different things in our closet. But in this day and time, they didn't have a closet full of clothes like we do. This garment that they had was was precious to them. It was a prized, important possession to them. In other words, it was very costly to them some of you I know like me you could probably go and and as we were moving we did their stuff that you can look at your closet say we need to just give this to goodwill we didn't just give this away some junk you're just like this just needs to be thrown away but they didn't have this then these garments were were the best that they had and folks I need you to hear the preacher today that God is looking for us to throw down our best also God is looking for us to take the best of what we have and give it to Him. What are we doing with our possessions? What are we doing with our money? Are we tithing? Are we giving? You're like, oh, Lord, He's only been here a month already talking about tithing. You better believe it because I believe it's biblical. Not only in our possessions and our money, but you know what I found in in this day and age that we live in? Sometimes even people... Are, are easier to even throw some money in the offering plate than they are to give us something that seems to be even more precious for us Americans, and that's time. Come on, somebody. So, sometimes it's easier for us. Hey, for some people, it's easier to throw a hundred in the offering plate than it is to give an hour of their time to the Lord. But God is asking, what are you giving? What are we giving to Him? Our talents? What do we to give What about even life itself? Here we are, we're living in a day like no other. We're living in the last days. We're reminded in the beginning of the church how there were martyrs that laid down their life. How in fact, what we're looking at is as I've already said, we are a week away from the death and resurrection. Christ himself is about to lay down his life for me and for you and for everyone that will ever accept him. So where are we at? Would we be willing American church in 2021, would would we be willing to lay down our life as Jesus did for us, as the martyrs did in years before, and not even just years before, as they're doing right now in places like China, as they're doing right now in nations that are Muslim-led? Would we be willing to lay down even our life itself? I believe that nothing should be too costly for the king. I'm not going to try to stand up here and act all high and mighty like I'm better than anybody else. I'm preaching and challenging myself as well. When I say, is there anything in my life that I would consider too costly to give to the king? The third thing we see today is that the way must be a way of beauty. You see, the highway of salvation along which Jesus walks... Should not seem a hard, dusty road, but we must remember the beauty that is in it. Now, now let's not be mistaken because there were, they were hard. Listen, Jesus, Jesus did not travel around in a Learjet, Jesus did not travel around in a nice, spacious escalade. Jesus, most of the time, traveled on his own two feet, walking around. On those dusty, long roads, roads that were filled with danger. We don't realize today. We're so used to, and, and and we see yes, things are getting crazy, and yes, there are dangerous places. But listen, we really have no idea about the dangers that there were back in those times. There was not. Listen, if you got out in the middle of nowhere, there wasn't. You couldn't pull out your cell phone and call nine one one and get some police there. You travel along all these, some of these roads like they did, and you were out in the middle of nowhere. It was you and perhaps a criminal and the good Lord. It was filled with danger, but it was worth it all because it brought about salvation for all mankind. You see, it was hard, it was difficult, but it was beautiful because of the ending that it brought. And you know what, really? I believe as I've lived this thing longer and longer, I've come to realize that there's really no other road that I'd rather walk. Even though it's dusty sometimes. Even though it's difficult sometimes. Even though it's hard sometimes. There's no better road that I would want to walk. Why? Because the end of this road The end of this road is so much more beautiful. Scripture tells us that that wide is, broad is the way that leads to destruction. You see, the highway to hell is wide and easy, but the end of it is eternal damnation and destruction. But I know that there is a straight and a narrow way, and it's dusty sometimes, and it's difficult sometimes, but it's beautiful. Why? because I know that the end of that straight and narrow way, there's gates of pearl, there are mansions, there are streets of gold, crystal sea, and more than that, there is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, that is waiting for me when I get to the end of this way. Fourthly and finally, and this is really good for this morning, because I know we're just, it's just a sleepy morning, I think. <laughs> the way must be marked with enthusiasm. The people there that day long ago were not afraid to shout and to praise. Verse 9, those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Now, folks, this was such a ruckus that it got everybody in Jerusalem talking. It wasn't just a little small group over in the corner. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. No. They're throwing down coats. They're waving palm branches. And they say, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of God. The Lord. Lord, I just wonder, folks, as we're sitting up here on this hill, have we quieted down? Have we got so quiet that thousands of people can just drive by here every day and not hear it? But I believe it's time for us to begin to declare again in our lives, in our church, and everywhere. We begin to proclaim Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see, they express their emotion in an outburst of praise. Now, I know you said you just preached about this last week. You're going to find that I'll usually go back a little bit and touch on it because I found that if we don't hear, I know my thick skull, and if I don't hear things four or five or six or seven times, I won't get it. You see, we find they express their emotion in an outburst of praise, and I told you last week I preached the old subject about it matters what comes out of your mouth. You see, and they weren't even complete. I know. I know that this whole group of people because we read later on that the disciples weren't even clear about it. So I know this whole group of people were not completely aware of all that was happening. I know that they did not realize the significance of what was happening, but they were just praising anyhow. Folks, you may not know. I may not know everything. We may not understand the significance of the situation, but that cannot hinder our praise. We've got to praise the Lord anyway. You see, but we who have the revelation of the word and know all that has been done for us, many times we clam up and show no emotion. Sometimes we're silent in our praise. Sometimes we become quiet. You say, oh, pastor, you know, I just... You know, that's just how, it, well listen, let, let, let me tell you, I told you I was going to go to some other places. The book of Luke chapter 19, I told you this was in all four gospels. The book of Luke chapter 19, verses 39 and 40, says this, And some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. They were disgusted by this. They didn't like Jesus anyway. They were looking for any reason they could to kill him. And they were disgusted by this. And they were like, Master, rebuke your disciples for this display, these garments, these palm branches, this hosanna and praise. And this is where in verse 40, Jesus, And Jesus answered and said unto them, I tell you, That if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Folks, listen to me. I don't want to sit in this building so dead and so dried up and not praise the Lord that the Lord eventually starts making these brick walls cry out because I won't do it. Jesus said I'm going to be praised. I just need to let somebody know Jesus Christ is going to be praised. Jesus Christ is going to be glorified. Jesus Christ is going to receive the praise but we have got an option. We have got a choice we can sit here like a knot on a log we can sit here and maybe even God makes these brick walls himself praise him and he can if he has to but I myself choose I will not let a rock I will not let a brick I will not Let a tree cry out and proclaim the Lord for me. I'm going to praise God with my mouth by myself. Come on and give God praise if you believe that here today. Amen. 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 Stand with me if you will please this morning.